Hello and welcome to the Horizon Church podcast. We exist to see lives transformed through Jesus and are located in the heart of Surrey, BC, Canada. To find out more, visit us at horizonchurch.ca. We hope this message blesses and inspires you. This year, as in uh, Eliza kind of hinted at it or highlighted it, I should say, it's been maybe a challenging season to maintain hope. This, at the best of times, Christmas is, can be really great if everything's going well in your life, your family's together, you're doing well, or it can be really challenging because it's the opposite. Everything that uh, has been negative, maybe you got family uh, brokenness or you have somebody who passed away or, or there's just a loneliness or you're isolated right now, uh, all that's highlighted because in the season that is, it is a season of great joy for all people. But if you're not in celebration right now, it can be challenging. And so it's really important to remind us of what the season is about. This is the season, as the, they sang earlier, a good, of good season of great joy, which will be to all people. And we're in the Christmas season, and it's about Jesus coming. And the Bible says that the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus came and dwelt among us. And, and and the light came into the darkness, and the darkness didn't understand it. And we have this series that we're talking about and kind of illustrated there. We'll be home for Christmas. And wherever you are in the world, that's probably more true than we've ever had. We'll be home for Christmas. But wanted to talk about how Jesus came and dwelt among us. And he made his home in our neighborhood. And he put on flesh like us and because he came to redeem us. The way that Jesus lived uh, when he was on earth is that he was a man who was making his home and inviting people to find home and life with him. He invited the sinners and the tax collectors, the people who were on the margins, the people who were overlooked, the people who were criticized and judged. Jesus welcomed them home. And he came and then he went to the, to the cross and was resurrected so that we could forever find a home with God. And in one moment, there was this moment in Mark chapter 10 and verse 15, and it's this story of where the little children were coming to Jesus and the disciples were saying, hey, go away. Jesus has got important things to do. But Jesus illustrated again when he said, let the children come to me, and he blessed them. And he said this phrase in Mark chapter 10 and verse 15 that we're, we're talking about, well, let them come. I tell you the truth, Jesus said, anyone who does not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. He wants us all to be able to live in, to experience the reality of living at home with, coming home to the atmosphere, coming home to the kingdom of God, coming home to the house of God, coming home to find a, a place for us that we could find uh, our home for our heart with God. Home is where the heart is. And if our hearts are with Jesus, wherever we're at and whatever we're going through, we can find home in the midst of an incredibly challenging season that's still filled with great joy. Find our way home like a child. And we, he said, you got to come like a child. you got to come with trust. You have to come with innocence. You have to come with an expectation like a child. doesn't mean you don't have a brain or that you're, you're, you're simple. It just means that we come with great trust. And when we come with trust, we encounter the reality of the home of God in our lives, in our home, in our hearts. The Christmas story in Luke chapter 1 talks about, there, you can read more of it in Luke chapter 1, where we read, uh, that God sent an angel to Nazareth, a town 
called Nazareth where there was a young uh, virgin girl called Mary. And we know the story well, if you know the story of Christmas, where this angel came to Mary and uh, she was a virgin and highlighted that to her. It's highlighted in the scripture because he came and he said, Mary, you who are highly favored, God's seen you and, and you will be with child and you will, you're going to be expecting a baby and he's going to be called Jesus and he's going to be save his people from their sin. And Mary, uh, very, very obviously is a little surprised. Don't be afraid. You're going to have a child. Um, and she says this almost understating it, how will this be? How's this going to happen? Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin, and the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. The power uh, so the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. And if you can underline this, highlight it, for nothing is impossible with God. For nothing is impossible with God. And she, uh, she starts and he, she highlights for us that uh, just like Jesus said, uh, if you want to come into the kingdom of God, if you want to experience and find your home for your heart, for your life, for your family, for your relationship, and find the peace that God can bring, we come like a child. And I'll be home for Christmas wherever I'm at, I can find home. And two weeks ago, we've been talking about how the home of God, the kingdom of God, is marked by the presence of God. It's, and the week before we talked about it's marked by the goodness of God. We've been looking at these attributes of God, that God is for us, that God is with us. And today we're going to look at another attribute of God, the power of God, the power of God, that my God can do anything. The power of God, that my God can do anything. Say that to somebody that's with you. My God can do anything. And this word power is a word like, there's a theological word, a great big one called omnipotence. It means that God is all powerful. We see that usually translated in the Bible, almighty. It's over 300 times and it describes this attribute of God, but a child will very rarely say, oh, God is omnipotent or God is almighty. A child will say something like this, my God can do anything. And in this season and in your home, in your life, in your situation, I want to remind you uh, that you can be home for Christmas and it's based on this attribute of God. My God can do anything. My God can do anything. My kids used to sing the song, or we would we used to sing it in Sunday school and when I was young and leading Sunday school. My God is so big, so strong, and so mighty. There's nothing my God cannot do for you. And we'd sing that song. My God is so big, so strong, and so mighty. There's nothing my God cannot do. And kids have a trust in God that is incredible. They just say God can do it, and we believe that God can do it. It. But right now, you might not be feeling that right now. You might be saying, I don't know if my God can do anything. Because maybe you're, you're in a difficult time. One pastor said this, you're either in a difficult time, 
You're just leaving a difficult time or you're about to enter into a difficult time. Just to encourage you this morning, right? That that's what life is sometimes. And we need to be building our life on who God is. That my God can do anything. My God can do anything. You know, every Tuesday night we have corporate prayer. And if, if you want to be a part of that on a Zoom call and be praying with and be, uh, be a part of that, just email prayer at horizonchurch.ca. But at the end of that time, we have a list of things that we're praying for. We're praying for people that have cancer. We're praying for people with fibromyalgia. We're praying for people's relationships to be stored. We're praying for jobs. We're praying for all kinds of things. So I know that there are many people that are in incredibly difficult spaces right now. People that are, as Eliza uh, alluded to earlier as well, that we have so many needs right now. And we need to remind ourselves that we can be home for Christmas we can find the peace of God, the, the presence of God, the God that's with us as we remind ourselves of this attribute of God. My God can do anything. You know, I have my own prayer list that I pray through. I have a friend who has a daughter about the same age as ours who has a brain tumor. She's had a, just had her second operation in, in it this uh, past week, and she needs a miracle of God. I know that there are people in our lives that, that have COVID right now or looking for God to touch them and restore them quickly. I know that some of you have uh, isolation and are battling through all kinds of things. I know that there's people who are relapsing right now and struggling to not relapse uh, into their addiction. Some some people are trying to shake off an eating disorder. Some people are, are just absolutely freaking out about worried if COVID's going to come near them. And we're all facing incredibly difficult, challenging situations. Some people who have, their lives are really good, but the isolation is just starting to get to them. And they're saying, I don't know if I can do this much more. And I want to remind you, like Mary said, that how will this be? How will I see what God wants for my life? Mary asked the angel since I'm a virgin. And we often echo Mary, right? We say, how will this be? How is it possible for God to do something in this? And she said, since I am a virgin, and we echo that, and we have our own list. Since I don't have the money, how will it be? Since I don't have the, fina the, the financial resources to, for my business, how can it be? Since my relationship is in such disarray, how can it be that God could come through? Since I'm under this cloud of disappointment, how can it be that I can see the power of God? How can it be that I can overcome my addiction? How can it be when I'm all alone? How can it be since all this pandemic? pandemic keeps rolling on. How can it possible since my family has always operated this way? I don't know how it could happen right now. And it's important to acknowledge our reality. How can it be? And then the answer came through the scripture, through the angel, I should say. And he said that the power, the power of the most high will overshadow you. Stop looking at the shadow of, of doubt. Stop looking at the shadow of death and realize that the shadow of the Most High is overshadowing you, that God sees you, that God knows you, that he's walking for, with you and he's working for you right now. And, and, and you might need to remind yourself of that this morning, that nothing is impossible with God, that my God can do anything. That's what childlike faith looked like. And so my goal today, 
today is true, that you would, uh, through the word of God and the power of his word, that you will be reminded again in this incredibly challenging season. You can be home for Christmas. You can experience the presence and power of God and find home in your heart because my God can do anything. And our three statements that I hope will help you this morning. First is that this thing, that my God can do anything, my God can. I think it's going to show up under there if the lyrics are working today. I'm not sure. We're having some issues. But there is this uh, verse in Jeremiah 32 and 17. It says, O sovereign Lord, you have made the heavens and the earth, and the earth by your great power and your outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard for you. My God can. My God is powerful. My God is good. My God can. Jeremiah said it. Nothing is too hard for you, Lord. Mary said it to her. Nothing is too difficult for you, Lord. And we and childlike faith says God can do anything. When our kids were little, our eldest daughter, Alexandra, she hated taking any kind of medicine. Um, and we had this time where she had an incredibly difficult cough and it was just was kind of stuck in her chest. And, and so we needed uh, mostly, I think someone can get me a water on the table in the, in the next room there. Um, she had this incredibly difficult time of, of coughing and everything. So we thought we're going to give her some cough syrup. And she hated it. She hated this cough syrup. And so she got it and, and we were trying, I literally had her uh, on held her between my legs and and Shanda is bending over her with the spoon trying to get it or a syringe or whatever it is uh, trying to get it open uh, her mouth open so that we can put that cough syrup in there and she's crying and shouting and there's a battle going on she's like maybe two three years old something like that or three or four and just small and and then she's crying away and then finally we we're like what are you doing and she just stops and she looks up at her mom and says can't you just pray we're, we're pastors, we're people of faith, we're believing God can do anything, and our little girl's looking up, can't you just pray? Because uh, the s- simple faith of a child says, my God can do anything. My, and that daughter continues today to have great faith because she hates taking medicine, but whatever it is, my God can do anything. And I want to ask you some questions this morning. And if you believe that God can, I just want you to say, wherever you are out loud, my God can. So I'm going to ask the question, and you're going to answer. If you believe it to be true, out loud and say, my God can. Can God save a marriage? Yeah, come on. Can God help you overcome? Can God mend a broken relationship? Come on, say it with some enthusiasm out there. Can God provide for you? Can God save your unsaved loved one? Yeah, come on, start to believe it right now that my God can. I've seen God heal physical bodies. I've seen God restore marriages. I've seen God do incredible things that seemed impossible. And we remind ourselves this morning that my God can. Somebody say amen on the chat or something. I'm going to look on there. My God can, yes. And not only will a child believe that a God, in a God that can, but a child will also believe that my God will. Not only can my God, but my God will. Say it on the screen this morning, my God will. People believe, many people believe that God can, but many don't necessarily believe that he will, at least not for them. 
We sometimes look and say, God will do it for them, or we will even have faith that God will do it for them, but not for us. We will believe that God will restore their marriage, but we're not sure for us. And we have all these things that we disqualify ourselves from saying, God will do it for me. Maybe we feel like we don't have enough faith, or maybe we feel like our, 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 our uh, devotional life isn't up to speed, or, or we sin sometime over here. But wherever you're at, let it resonate in your heart this morning. My God can, and my God will. He might, uh, Shanda always had much more faith than me, just a simplistic uh, believing that God's going to do things. Uh, we needed a vehicle, a second vehicle, because I was always uh, working out, way out of town for a season, uh, gone for hours and hours and hours, sometimes in the night, and she needed to be able to go. And I said, well, we don't really have money for one. She said, well, I'm going to start to pray for a van. I was like, you go, girl. I don't know how it's going to happen. And she would pray and pray and and pray and pray and pray about it and uh, sitting with children, nursing them and doing all kinds of things, praying for it and just kept mentioning it to the Lord. And then one day I came home and, and, and there was a van in our yard that somebody had dropped off, not because we dropped the faith in, but because we talked to the boss and he provided it in a way that was absolutely outstanding. And we drove that thing for a couple of years as a second vehicle and it was incredibly helpful for us. Uh, and then we look at as well that God can and God will, and we look at the story in the Bible of David and Goliath, the very famous story, and this David who was just a young boy uh, with only a slingshot, and Goliath was a giant that was coming out and mocking the people of God and mocking God himself and, and saying, there's no way you can do it. You can't defeat us. Bring on your best guy. I got you. And, and the king was too afraid to go out himself. And David said, well, I go, I'll go. And, and Saul's like, hey, you're basically just a little child. I don't think that you should do this. And David says, with incredible childlike faith, who are you, Goliath, coming against the armies of the Lord? And it says this in uh, 1 Samuel 17, this day the Lord will hand over you over to me and I'll strike you down. All those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into my hand. And that incredible faith of David to face a giant that was staring him in the eye and saying, I'm going to take you out. He stood and said, my God will take you out. You can stand and mock God. You can stand and mock me. You can stand and mock my faith, but my God will come through for me. My God can. My God will. And whatever situation or giant you're facing this morning, it's not by your might, it's not by your power, but it's by the power of the Lord. As Mary said, the power, or was said to Mary, the power of the Most High is overshadowing you. And you stand and say, my God can, my God will move on my behalf. Can somebody say amen on the chat somewhere where you're at? Maybe in your room, you, you should already be standing to your feet right now, reminding yourself, reminding the people in your room, if you're by yourself, you're reminding the people in the suite above you, the neighbors next door, that you're who the God you serve can and will. And I want to ask you the question, though. What do you do when you know he can and you believe he will, but he doesn't? What do you do when you really have, when you really do have the faith of the child and you've seen God do bigger things in the past and you're asking God and you know it's got to be his plan and you, and you think it would be so easy, it would make your life so much different if he just gave a yes and he doesn't. 
A number of years ago, Shanda and I were praying for the marriage of some friends of ours. Some of our very, very dear friends. And we were convinced, and I can remember Shanda with that same kind of faith, just praying, and we'd pray for them, and we're praying that God would restore their marriage. And, and we prayed and prayed and prayed, and then their marriage still blew up. And there was incredible pain, and there still is. And we were like, what is going on? And most of us, if not all of us, have had those moments where God did not answer the way that I thought he should or the way that I thought he would. I knew that he could, I knew that he would, but he didn't. In moments like this, we can try and explain God and, and try and come up with reasons, and it's okay to do that. Sometimes it's, I know that God is working on people, but they still have free will to respond to or reject God, at the moving of the Holy Spirit. We, sometimes we might say things like God's still at work and is causing things to work for, together for good for those that love him, and, and he is. Sometimes there's, there's, the story's not over yet, and God's still working. But sometimes it's just mystery. Sometimes you just don't know, and you won't know for some times, and sometimes not until eternity. And in moments like that, I have to decide what I will do with the loss, what I will do with the pain, what I will do with the disappointment of what's happening in my life right now, what I will do with the unknown. Will I trust God when I don't agree? Will I trust God when I don't understand? Will I trust God in the middle of my pain? Will I trust who God is, not what he does for me? We talked about this over the last couple of weeks. We trust God for who he is. He's the God who is for me. No matter what I'm in right now, he's for me. No, and I trust his goodness in my life. So if he's not giving me the answer I knew, I trust who he is. I trust his goodness and his character. I trust that God is with me in the middle of my disappointment. I trust his presence so that what I'm walking through in this season, that I know that he's with me, he's for me, he's with me. And no matter what, I continue. See, there's this tremendous childlike faith that believes God can. It's a little deeper childlike faith that believes that God will. But I believe that the deepest kind of childlike faith is the one who says, even if God doesn't, I still believe. Childlike a faith that's big enough to handle a no. Faith that's built on what God or who God is, not what God does. He is good and he's always working for my good. He is with me when I don't understand. There's a story that happened probably around 2,500, 3,000 years ago in uh, ancient Babylon, which is now called Iraq, primarily where it was located. And there was three uh, young Jewish boys who had been brought there, they had lost their family and, and in a war, and they were brought there as captives, and they were trained up, and, and they were integrated into the culture, and rose high and became leaders in, the, in, that, uh, in that kingdom. And there came a point, though, where the king of that uh, nation or of that empire, he was a bit of a demi demigod, and, and, he, and he said, I'm going to build this amazing, huge statue, like dozens of feet high, really, really tall. And I'm going to command everybody has to come and bow down to that statue. In other words, bow down and worship me. And these young men of faith stood in that moment. And we could talk a lot about all that that meant, but I want to just draw your attention to one main thing this morning in that. They stood there and they wouldn't bow and, and they got drug in front of the king. 
Uh, and he said, I'm giving you another chance. You need to bow. And they said, uh, no. And here's what the, the, the implication was. If they didn't bow, they would be thrown into a furnace that was just incredibly hot, and they would die in that furnace. And they refused to bow. And they said to the king, oh, king, we don't need to defend ourselves before you. If we are thrown into the bla blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to save us. And he will rescue us from your hand. But here it is in verse 18 of chapter uh, 3 of Daniel. But even if he does not, we want you to know, king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. The God we serve is able to save us. Our God can. The God we serve is, we will rescue us, they said. In other words, our God will, but even if he doesn't, we won't bow, we won't serve that king or worship your gods. Even if he doesn't, we still will believe because we trust the character of God. We trust the goodness of God. We trust the plan of God. We trust that God is working in ways that we don't understand. And we trust his goodness that if he says no, his, he's a good God and it's for my good and for his glory. And in the middle of evil, the light is shining. The light and the goodness of God is a and the darkness will not overcome it, that evil will not overcome good, that God is working and moving. Our God can do anything. So right now, stand to your feet wherever you are and say, my God can, my God will. Even if he doesn't, I will still believe, still believe. Maybe you're in the furnace right now, or probably all of us are to a certain extent, and it's part of life. And these three young men, as I close, facing persecution for their faith, about to be thrown into a furnace, and they chose a posture that is so helpful for us today. And it's my prayer today that even in this incredible, challenging time for each one of us at some level, and those of you that have other things far above COVID impacting your life, that the Christmas story, like a child, as we read of the fulfilling prophecies of over 700 years, this promise that the virgin will be with child and Jesus was born. And if God can bring a savior to the world through a virgin, then we serve a God who can do anything. My God can, my God will, and even if he doesn't, I still believe. I still believe. You might be one of those right now and you're saying, Pastor, I need to see God's power in my life in this season. Um, I'm in a situation today. It might be one of the ones I described. It might be something different. But you're recognizing you need the power of God to show up. And so, first of all, I want to encourage you to just put your thumbs up or put a hands up on the, on the chat. Email prayer at horizonchurch.ca. And we have so many people who would love to pray for you. Uh, and also for you, use this thing and reach out to somebody else and let them know that you need to uh, prayer. Let them know that, that you need a FaceTime or you need to talk to them on the phone. Reach out to somebody this morning. And we're, I'm going to pray right now for those, uh, those in a moment, uh, those that just need a power of God to show up. My God can, my God will. 
And secondly, those of you that maybe you recognize that your life is not right with God and you need the power of God to overcome in your life. You need the power of God. You want to come home into the presence of God, into the reality of knowing God for who he is, to be made right with God, to come into the kingdom of God, to come into the home of God, to come into the atmosphere of heaven. And it's very, very simple because Jesus said, come like a child. There was another story where Jesus said this uh, to two men, and, and one said these seven little words, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And just those seven little words, and he passed from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. He passed into the kingdom of heaven, and God began to work in his life. And the journey of God working in your life, the power of God showing up in your life, begins with a simple thing like that. If you'll pray from the heart, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. God will come in and begin to lead your life, and you will find the home for your heart that you've needed. So, Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, we're praying for those that just need the power of God to show up. Lord, I'm praying for marriages right now that need the help of heaven. Lord, that your kingdom would come and your will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. I'm praying for people that are just discouraged right now, that the presence of God would come in. Thank you that you're the God that's with us right now. Lord, I'm praying for people that are just under a cloud of discouragement and even despair and say, I don't know what to do. God, that your power would come in a great way. And thank you, Lord, that you're moving right now. You can and you will. And Lord, where we don't know the answer right now, we continue to trust you. And Lord, for those that are right now saying, I need to be made right with God, I'm going to pray that prayer with you. God, be merciful to me, a sinner, Pastor. I'm going to pray that with you. As you pray that prayer, the God of heaven is coming in into your life and he lives inside of you and enables you to begin a journey that is forever going to be different because his power the power of the Most High is overshadowing you and is coming in you to change your life. Our God can do anything. He can, he will, no matter what, when I'm in the wondering and the waiting, I'm going to trust him. We hope you enjoyed this message from Horizon Church. To find your next step, visit horizonfam.ca. Have a great week.